Hey, welcome back to Claim the Stage. I'm Angela Lucier. I'm your host. I'm also an author, speaker, and the CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. And we can be found at speakersisterhood.com. Today is another solo episode as Julie is still on vacation. And speaking of vacation, I'm going to be taking one. That's right. I'm putting the show on vacation with me. We're both going on vacation. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to be recording any episodes for the next few weeks, probably through July and August. We'll be back in September with more fun, more new guests, more live coaching, more surprises. Because you know what? The reason I want to go on vacation is because I want to spend more time dreaming and it was really hard to dream during the pandemic. It was really hard to imagine anything. I don't know about you, but I felt so isolated and depressed and just tired and did not feel at all creative, which is new for me because I'm always wanting to create something. And I just did not have that, that drive or that desire. I'm mostly just sort of felt flat. And so I thought, well, this will pass. So I'll just wait for it to pass. And it did pass. And now I feel excited to create, but I'm not sure what I want to create. And I know it's within the context of my business, Speaker Sisterhood. And I know there are other projects I want to do for myself, but I want to spend more time thinking about them before I step into the doing of them. And in my last business, right before Speaker Sisterhood, I had this thing I created called the creator cycle. I actually have a TEDx talk about it called Becoming Who You Are, which came out in 2015. And the creator cycle is about allowing yourself to go through the four steps that a creator needs to go through in order to make something. And the four steps are being, dreaming, doing, and making. And right now I'm in the being and dreaming phase which is hard to be in when you're someone who wants to create, right? Because in the being and dreaming phase, you're not creating. You're just sort of daydreaming and journaling and connecting dots and asking questions and hopefully answering them and just sort of like being still. And I would say my less strong trait is being still. (laughs) But I'm working on that because there's so much value in stillness because you can listen. And when you listen and you allow and you don't try to push forward, you see things you couldn't see otherwise. And I think in the past, I've been so excited to just make something happen that I missed that opportunity to just listen. So that's what I want to do for the next few weeks on vacation. And I've already started that process and I've been jotting down questions that I've been sort of collecting from different podcasts and books and conversations that have been intriguing for me that I feel like I need to spend some time to answer. So I thought it'd be fun to to note some of those questions on the podcast today in case any of them sound interesting to you and that maybe you want to roll around for yourself over the summer because I think we're all coming out of this collective trauma, right? The pandemic was a collective trauma. I don't I don't really know any other way to describe it. If you didn't feel traumatized by that, I would be surprised. <laughs> um, it was 
it was scary. There was so much uncertainty. I mean, it's still, it's still going on. Right. But I feel like we've got a little bit more of a handle on it now. And so there was like a lot of questions and, and there's still a lot of questions around like, what, what does the world look like now? And how do we come back together? And what have we learned from this? And I think that's the most important question I keep coming back is like, what did I learn from this time? And what did I learn about myself? And I think sometimes you can't really see what you learned from something until a lot of time has passed, but then some things you can learn and take away from it right away. So I'm sort of in the middle of like recognizing what are today's lessons and letting other things sort of percolate and maybe we'll show up later. But I'm also noticing like, uh, I'm, I'm learning lessons from childbirth from two years ago. <laughs> I'm still learning from my dad's death 18 months ago. And anytime we go through something that is traumatic or difficult or dark, it changes us. And that means we may find that we have new reasons for doing what we're doing and we may care about different things and we might have to prioritize or reprioritize what we thought we cared about. And so what that means to me is let's take a step back and look at what we're doing to fill each day. How are we spending our time? What am I doing to advance my mission as a human being on earth? What is that mission? What's motivating me to care about that mission? And what do I want from it? I think these are exciting times and also scary times, because these are big questions to answer. And I'm horrible at remembering who says like these prolific quotes, (laughs) which is awful, right? Because I'm like, (laughs) I don't even know who to attribute this to. But a few years ago, someone said, if you're not destroying something, you're creating something. And I loved that juxtaposition of putting these two things next to each other and say, which one are you doing right now? And I think during the pandemic, we were destroying something. We were destroying versions of ourselves. We were destroying visions we had for what we were going to do in 2020. We were having to destroy expectations and dreams we thought we had. But what that did was it gave us a chance to create something new. So there's a lot of fear, at least for me, in destroying something that felt comfortable or familiar and now having to replace it with something brand new. And so I now have to ask myself the question, well, how am I defining myself today? And this is a good question for anyone to ask themselves. Like, yeah, what does define me? And I was recently featured on a podcast, and before any podcast, they always ask you to send your headshot and your bio. So I sent my old bio. When I when I say old, I mean the one from last year. <laughs> and that bio was crafted with a specific goal in mind, and that was to present me as a credible leader in my field. So it says things like, I'm a CEO and founder of a business, and I'm an award-winning public speaker, and I'm a seven-time author, and my podcast was featured on the Inspiring Podcast list by Forbes, and I've been featured on major media outlets. And so the purpose is to show that I'm someone you should listen to. But when I sent that bio a few weeks ago, I looked at it and I was like, ugh, (laughs) I I don't like this bio at all. (laughs) Because at that time, I was spending a lot of time looking out 
the window at this cherry tree in my front yard that was blossoming and it was gorgeous. And I was spending a lot of time taking my son for walks around the block and enjoying watching him explore the world. And I just felt like I had been defining myself so differently for the last number of months that reading that bio just felt disingenuous. And it felt like I was trying to be some person that didn't feel like me anymore. And so in that feeling of grossness, at the same time, I felt an opening for redefining. And that's exciting. Because I'm like, well, if I don't want to describe myself like that, how do I want to define myself? And lately, I've been thinking a lot about the word artist. And that word is so triggering for people. Maybe when I said that word, you just got chills. That's very possible. Because the word creative and the word artist makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Because if you feel this this pull towards being a creative person... um, there can be a lot of shame or guilt or imposter syndrome that shows up around it if you feel like you're not good enough to be someone who defines yourself as creative or as an artist. And so if that's showing up for you right now, that means there's some something to explore, which is, like I said, scary and exciting. Because <laughs> now you get to ask yourself, well, why can't I define myself as an artist or a creative? And so lately I've been noticing that I have this desire to be an artist. And it's funny because I I think I've always been an artist. And even when I started my first business, I called myself a creative career consultant. And people, when I looked at my business card, would often say, well, what's the creative part? And my answer was always, we create your career together. It's not a linear path. There's no predefined next step. It's like, let's be creative. (laughs) And sometimes I would take my clients for hikes in the woods while we talked about their life. And sometimes we would draw pictures together. And sometimes I would give them exercises to do that were different than putting together a resume. And that's because I liked the creative element of imagination and putting together a vision. And so I've been sort of approaching my career this way the whole time. And now when I look at myself as a CEO and a founder, that would indicate that I'm a business person, but I don't actually think I am. And that's kind of confusing because I am, but I think of myself as an artist in business. And when I think of myself that way, it feels so much more exciting to be able to craft the future of an organization as an artist, not as a business person. And maybe not everybody feels that way. I guess a lot of people don't feel that way because they get into business with a bottom line figure in mind with a particular mission. And yeah, I do have figures and missions in mind, but I'm really thinking about the creation element because I get so excited about making things. And I was floating around in my neighbor's pool yesterday and I was thinking about this (laughs) and like, I just kept thinking speaker sisterhood is a universe There's a whole world of people within this organization who are creating identities and futures and confidence and relationships and community because of this universe. And so that means as the artist who is building the universe, I get to like make things for those people and I get to help enhance their experience and I get to share my own journey as the person making the universe (laughs) and maybe inspire them or get them to think differently about their own journey. And that is such a gift in itself. 
So as I'm redefining myself as an artist in a business, it gives me so much bigger of a, um, I think of a canvas to work with, to use an artist's phrase. And it makes me so like feel so alive. And the other word that's really been resonating with me lately from the standpoint of definition is storyteller. I love telling stories, not only my own stories, but other people's stories. And as I think more about the podcast going forward, I want to share more people's stories. I just want to interview them to talk about how they got from point A to point B, not necessarily to talk about public speaking tips, but to talk about their story and then to also share more tips on how to be a better storyteller. That just gets me so excited. (laughs) So as I'm thinking about defining myself as an artist and a storyteller, it just opens up the world to seeing it from a different lens and seeing my business from a different lens and getting excited about it all over again. And if you listened to my episode a couple weeks ago, the five-year anniversary episode, I said I don't normally do things for this long. It's It's like kind of a big deal to be doing the same thing for five years. But what's great about it is that now I get to start over in the same business, but with a different point of view. And that's so fun. And I think sometimes when we're doing something for a long time, we can get caught up in the monotony of it because we've created systems and we've created efficiencies and we've figured out what we're good at and what we like. And so we tend to ignore the rest and then it gets boring. And if you're like, if you're a creator or an artist, you might be thinking, well, what's next? Do I need a different job? Should I start a new business? Should I blow this whole thing up and move on? Whoa, 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 whoa. Probably not. (laughs) You might not need to do that. You just might need to change your mind about what it is you're doing and how you're doing it. And that requires the being and the dreaming phases of the creator cycle. So getting back to that, I'm in that phase right now, and these are the questions I'm asking myself. And I, what I noticed, it, like, it's, like I said, it's exciting and scary because I get to think about where I want to go to look for inspiration now. And that probably means I'm going to look for inspiration in places that are different from where I've looked in the past. And I don't have any problem with self-help books or leadership consultants or business coaches or you know, marketing gurus. I think they're all great. I've looked in those places a million times. I've listened to lots of talks and interviews and I've read lots of books and there's a lot there, but now I want to look elsewhere for inspiration. And I found this Instagram account called the Jealous Curator, which I love. And it's run by a woman who started a blog years ago, called The Jealous Curator because she was an artist who was looking around the web, finding all these other artists who were doing all these cool projects. And she kept saying, well, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) So instead of just sitting there and being envious, she decided to start featuring them on her blog and it became wildly popular. And now she features them on Instagram and she has a podcast called Art For Your Ear. And she's a great interviewer and she asks really good questions. And lately I, I just started following her maybe two or three months ago, she has been having a lot of episodes about what do you do when you've lost the magic? How do you get re-motivated to do your work again? How do you find a new point of view? Which is, these are questions everyone's asking themselves right now, right? We're all like, what are we doing? (laughs) And so I've been jotting down questions that she's been 
asking on the show and and that her guests are bringing up. And recently she had a guy on the show by the name of Andy J. Pizza. It's not his born name, but that's what he goes by. And I loved his energy. I loved his passion. And I loved that he had also been on this same artist's journey of trying to decide for himself where does he want to find inspiration and what matters to him. And so he collected these questions that he asks himself whenever he starts a project so that he can start from the right place and remember why he's doing it as he goes. And so I wrote these questions down and they can mean whatever you want for you. And I'll tell you a little bit about what they mean for me. And I'm still in the process of answering them. The first question is, where is the life? As in, where is the life and the, the, like sort of the energy and the passion for what you're doing? Where does it lie? Is it in the mission itself? Is it in the making of the thing? Is it in the outcome of it? it you know, it can be anything, but whatever you're doing, start to really hone in on what's making you feel alive when you think of this and when you do this. That's so important. And sometimes we can get lost, right? If we've been doing it for a while or if we've just decided like this doesn't matter to me anymore, well, maybe it does, but you're just not looking at it. You're not finding the life. So that's the first question. Where's the life? The second question is where are my allies? And this question I would guess the answer is different today than it was a year and a half ago because we all spent so much time alone or with our family or with roommates or whoever, that we really had to look at our relationships, our friendships. Who were we spending time with? Who is influencing our life? And do we want to keep spending time with those people? Do they give us energy or do they suck energy? Do they make you feel inspired? Do they make you feel alive? Do they support you? Do they have the kinds of lives that you look at and you admire? And if you answered yes to any of those questions, then those people are your allies. And those are the people that you want surrounding you as you take next steps in your life, especially if they're different from what you've been doing. If you answer no to those questions, the people around you don't give you life. They don't inspire you. They don't give you energy. They don't support you. Well, now it's time to look for new allies. Super fun. You can look for mentors. You can look for new industry connections. You can look for people outside of your industry who are doing things that you think are cool and try to connect with them. You could reach out and meet your neighbors. You could do so many things. Actually, there's a lot of dating apps now have a friendship uh, option on them. So you can even find people through dating apps. And perhaps it's time to build a new circle of allies if you aren't feeling like the people you have been surrounding yourself are going to help you get to where you want to go next. And the third question Andy J. Pizza asks on Art for Your Ear is, where are the breadcrumbs? Breadcrumbs. And this is such a great question because sometimes we're waiting for this big epiphany or the aha moment. Like, man, there's so much pressure on the aha moment, right? When is my aha moment going to show up? When is Ed McMahon going to show up in my front door with a giant check and tell me what to do with the rest of my life? Um, 
If that moment isn't just showing up for you, it's possible that there are breadcrumbs that are leading you places that you're missing because you're waiting to get knocked in the head with something so big that it's going to take your breath away and just point you in the right direction. So asking yourself, where are the breadcrumbs can help you see the less obvious markers that are showing you the way that you might be missing. And this is exciting too, because now it means you get to take your life down to a more minute to minute, um, exercise versus like being in the clouds. You have to be present in everything you're doing. And I have an exercise in the speaker sisterhood curriculum. There's a speech about finding your passion. And this was developed from when I was doing my creative career coaching because people would come to me all the time and say, I want to find my passion. And they would always define it as something like curing cancer or like, you know, going to another country to help people um, figure out, you know, the food crisis. And there were so many big things. And I thought, why don't we take a step back and just think about what you enjoy doing on the day to day, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And so that meant paying attention to every micro step they took in different things they did each day. And that went down to vacuuming their house, to cooking a meal, to planning a vacation, anything that you have to sit down and take different steps to do. If you pay attention to every step and notice which of those steps get you most lit up, you can then extract that step and say, what about this step is making me so excited? And then you can take that, whatever it is, and you can apply it to different jobs. And it's like, oh, that's so simple, but it requires you to slow down enough to notice the breadcrumbs. And when I did this exercise for the first time for myself, just to see if there was information there, I did it when I was cooking a recipe. I went from looking up a recipe online to going to the grocery store to buy the ingredients, to putting groceries away, to prepping the food, to cooking the food, you know, all the steps that go into making a recipe. And what I noticed was I loved the execution of a recipe, like all the thought that goes into what do I need to cook first? How long does something need to cook? How many things need to go in the oven? How many pans do I need? How do I need to set up the kitchen to be efficient? And what I realized was I love project management. I love when I'm putting a lot of things together and making them all work. And I love like orchestrating that. So that's why it makes sense that I would own a business because I love the the process of putting things together and making them work. <laughs> so that question, where are the breadcrumbs? Take it down to a granular level and look at the, the small things you're doing every day and it may point you in the direction of where you want to go next. Some other questions that I wrote down that I think are just good to like always be asking yourself is like, what's motivating me today? And not just today, I mean like this week, this month. And, and you might be surprised to see that that answer changes a lot because our, our priorities keep shifting. So asking yourself that question, what's motivating me today? You could even write that on a post-it and hang it on your mirror in your bathroom It's good to always be paying attention to that because it helps you to keep going and to feel engaged with your life. Also, what is most fulfilling right now? That's a good question. I think during the pandemic, when I asked myself that question, I couldn't come up with an answer. Like nothing really felt fulfilling. And I think that 
what I, what I took from that was like, I'm just in a season of life where things don't feel exciting. They will again one day, but right now I'm having a hard time connecting with it. And I noticed that the reason for that was because I felt disconnected from my community. I felt really disconnected from the people in my life who helps me stay on my path. So if you notice you don't really have an answer to that question, what is most fulfilling, it might be because you're not doing something that makes you feel fulfilled. (laughs) So see if you can find a way to incorporate that back into your life and it will help you to answer that question. Another great question to ask is where am I looking for validation? And I don't know if you like Gary Vaynerchuk or if you've heard of him, but he's a high energy entrepreneur who took his father's wine business, you know, liquor store in New Jersey, turned it into a multi-million dollar online empire about 15, 20 years ago when YouTube was sort of just coming out and now has a big media company and he has a giant platform on social media. He's a big public speaker, podcaster, and is really inspirational to the younger generation of entrepreneurs. And I listen to him from time to time when I'm feeling like I need a new perspective because he's so positive. He is so positive. And he always says, this isn't like I just wake up this way. I work on this. I'm always trying to look for how to be more positive and feel more confident and believe in myself. And I like, I like that, that he makes it a real lifetime practice. So recently I listened to an episode of his podcast where he was interviewing or he was taking callers and trying to help like coach them. And one of the questions he asked this person he was coaching was, where are you looking for validation in your life? Because if you're looking for validation through your work, you're never going to go after the thing you really want because you're going to always be afraid that the thing you pick isn't going to be the thing that everyone loves you for. Or you're going to be afraid that people will be disappointed if it doesn't work out. Or you're, you're going to pick the thing that feels safe because you're looking for everyone around you to say, oh, good job. So you have to find a way to separate your validation from what you're doing and only seek your own validation and, and so I wrote this question down. I was driving and I, I pulled over and I wrote it down really quick because I wanted to ask myself, like, am I looking for validation from people when it comes to my work? Because if I am, it's going to seriously prohibit what I can do because I'm going to stray away from taking risks and I'm going to stray away from doing something that might be perceived as weird or, you know, out of the context of a typical business because I want people to say, good job. And if I do something that is scary or different or weird, they might not say good job. <laughs> it comes down to that, right? And I don't want people to tell me that they're not proud of me. And so I had to I have to keep asking myself this question if there's anyone in my life I'm looking for validation from. And when Gary V asked the caller this question, he said, "Yeah, I'm looking for validation from my mom, and I don't want to disappoint her, and I'm afraid that if I do, she's going to not be proud of me anymore. And Gary said, then you're never going to go after your dreams. You're always going to do what you think your mom wants you to do. And that's good advice no matter what age you are. It's like if there are people in your life you're trying to impress, then you're only going to make decisions that align with what they want, not with what you want. So getting your head on straight about validation is really important. 
especially if you're looking to change directions with your life. Another question to ask is what are my three goals for the rest of 2021? We're halfway through it. We can redefine this at any time. It could be September 11th. Or that's, that's kind of a weird date to pick, but September 25th. And you could say, hey, I'm going to redefine my goals. And you can just do it anytime. But this is a question I put on my list for my vacation. It's like, how, what do I want to do differently with the rest of this year now that I do feel more driven and focused and passionate and excited about doing new things? And the last question is, what is my origin story? And you might be saying, that's a weird question because you tell your story all the time in your work. (laughs) If you've been listening to the podcast for any period of time, (laughs) you've probably heard my story many times. Uh, My story is at the beginning of the Speaker Sisterhood curriculum. I've written several books where my story appears. I've given many speeches where I talk about it. It's part of my two TED Talks. And I've always told it through the same lens of being a shy, tall girl who had no voice and in my mid-20s took control of my life, found my voice, changed my life, and here I am today, and I'm going to tell you how I did that, and I, want, I hope I can inspire you to do the same. That's the very short version of that story. And what I've realized lately is you can tell the same story a thousand different ways. And I want to go back and relook at my origin story and say, is there anything else about that story that I want to highlight now as the person I am today? What elements of my history do I want to pull out and not only highlight to the world, but also reinforce for myself? And that's another, again, exciting yet scary proposition. One thing I've been doing the last month or so is I've been telling my son Max stories before bed. And some nights the stories are about a dog that goes to the park and is looking for a stick. I mean, the stories are pretty simple. (laughs) He's two. (laughs) And some nights the stories are about my childhood. And it's almost like I go into a trance state. I close my eyes and I just start telling a story. And by the end of it, I'm like, wait, was that story true? Or did I make up that story? And sometimes I can't even really tell how much of it was true and how much of it was made up because I just went into a like almost like a dream world or like I said, a trance. And it got me thinking about storytelling and thinking about, well, what is real? And, and what is part of the imagination? And where, what do I want to pull from now? And so as I'm telling Max stories at bedtime every night now, I'm thinking about, what can I pull from this story that I want to tell the world? And it's been really fun because I didn't think of it as an exercise for work um, or for you know my art at first, but now that's how I treat it. And when I put him to bed, I leave my bedroom and I go to my journal and I write down some of the stuff I said to him. And I've been starting to piece together a new origin story. And it's been really fun to kind of recreate a history and think about how I want to tell that story differently moving forward. And the reason that that story has changed is because I've changed a lot. 
if you listened to the podcast last year, I talked a lot about therapy and facing what my addictions were and recognizing my workaholism and codependency and, um, you know, past traumas and where I've made mistakes in relationships. And now it's like, I feel like a totally different person. I don't feel like I have a workaholic, um, tendency anymore. I have really worked on my codependency. I've recognized patterns, uh, hurtful, you know, patterns and relationships. And so because of that, it's like I've emerged as a, a more alive person, um, a, a more awake. I hate to use the word woke. I'm not going to use the word woke, <laughs> just awake. <laughs> and so that makes me think like, well, what else do I want to say about where I came from? And how can I inspire others with that story? So you may want to ask yourself that same question. What is my origin story and how has it changed in the last year now that I'm a different person? I think that's really cool. And and like I said earlier, every story can be told a thousand ways. And that means you pull out the points that you want people to hear. And you get to choose that. I love that. And I want to leave you with this one phrase that, I, again, I have no idea where I heard it. It's probably, you've probably heard it. It's, it's pretty popular. It's been out there for a while, but it's something that I often go back to when I'm looking to make a big splash and change things in my life. And that statement is, what got you here won't get you there. So if you want to go somewhere different next, you're going to have to do things differently. And some of the ideas I have for now for what I want to do next are scary and they're different. And they're things that two years ago I would have never imagined doing. And they're things that I would have, if someone just had said, why don't you try this? I would have immediately said, I could never do that. (laughs) And if you find yourself saying that about things, or you've said that about things in the past, I hope you remember what they are and write them down and then write down what got you here won't get you there. And then think about whether or not you still feel like you could never do that because now it's might be time to do that. So I hope that these questions are helpful to you and they get you thinking and they get you excited and you take the next, whatever amount of time you need to answer them. They, they don't need to be answered quickly and they can be answered in so many different ways. Sometimes I find art projects are a great way to answer questions because your mind is in a different state and you can explore ideas in a different way. I also find cleaning to be a helpful time to answer these questions (laughs) and walking, showering too at times. So there's a lot here to think about, a lot here to get excited about. And I hope that while the podcast and me are on vacation, you'll take some time to think about where you're going next as well. And when I come back in September, hopefully I'll have more to share. So until then, um, I really love it if you left a review on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts because I'm I'm really excited about the show and I want more people to find it as we go forward. So if you haven't left one yet, it takes about a minute and it would be great if you could leave one there to share what you're learning and why other people might want to check it out. So I want to say thank you to Kelly Vogel of Sound Passage for the amazing music and um, just say thank you to you for listening and being part of this whole 
experiment, experience, art project. And as always, my friend, stop waiting, start creating. See you next time.